0: Come on. Rolling. Oh,
1: not me. Scott rolling.
0: Scott rolling. Okie dokie. Okay. Rolling. Oh, fuck. One, two, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, simple pleasures are the best. So welcome back, this is Obscure Broadcasting Podcast, Small Brains, Big Picks, this is episode four. Thank you so much for watching, if you like to watch our starting five, yes, it's four. Uh, if you like to watch one of our previous episodes, they are linked below, or on the side, or you should just subscribe to the page, really. Uh, as always, I'm Andrew. And I'm Evan. Uh, we are going to get it going <coughs> real quick right here, we are moving on to our first topic. Our first topic is...
1: Uh, we're going to talk about... Uh, just kind of reminisce a little bit, talk about some childhood memories uh, about sports. Like, I think the reason that we have our por- podcast based around sports is because we're so like it is really though we understand the like things are bigger than sports. Like it is a big part of our lives. Like we care about sports in like hopefully a not shitty broy like obsessive way, but in a sort of obsessive way because like we have really lifelong connections back to childhood to sports, mm-hmm. um, and so like figured we'd reminisce, tell some stories, obviously we grew up together, but have different, different experiences memories, around sports yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I mean, among those memories, just to get us right into it, is Stratomatic, um, Stratomatic, yep. which is this game that may or may not, is this in the shot? In your face
0: a bit, a bit.
1: So, uh... So these these cards, and I mean, we don't have... Now we kind of do a strap minus the the board because we're pros. We don't need it anymore. Um, But uh, this is like an obsession that uh, we have had for a long time of just playing this baseball nerd board game that we are heavily into and I think is a big part of my connection with sports. It's a big part of our relationship with each other and with our dad, like... It and is our what, brother, yeah. and our little brother. Um, it is like what we do when we're together. Yep. Um, kind of. Um, your wife is a Strat widow,
0: right? Much like uh, our, to the chagrin of our stepmother. Yeah. yeah. or my stepmother. Um, these cards are just representations. This game's been around since like the '60s. Um, it's been featured in movies like *Crooklyn*. <laughs> Uh, the Spike Lee movie, and uh, baseball players no. grew, grew up playing this. Uh, yeah, you know you always hear about players on the podcast, the podcast, Baseball Tonight podcast. Buster only he occasional it, yeah. occasional yeah. mentions references to Stratomatic
1: for the super nerds of the game, without a doubt. Um, but it's you know trying to spread the gospel of Stratomatic. You know that is one thing for which any I will be can. I will be a missionary, a lifelong missionary any of the gospel can. of Strat, <laughs> by yeah. any means necessary. You know what I'm saying. In
0: in a more, like, actual connection to, like, a childhood memory, I think I'm going to go, because the obvious one for me is baseball, because I'm a much bigger baseball than any other sport, Mm -hmm. or all other sports combined, Um, fan is one of my first memories of going to a basketball game. And I didn't go to as many, we didn't go to as many basketball games, but we did, because it's more expensive and... Right. And, uh, I mean, we're a baseball fan. And we're in school for the majority of the season, so it's harder to, like, get in the car and go see, you know the Celtics play or go see, because it's, you know... Go see the Sixers play who we've never seen. Right. Uh, But we did go when we were in Vancouver once when they were the Vancouver Grizzlies. And I have a vivid memory of going to see the Vancouver Grizzlies play. (laughs) Do you remember the time that you and I... I don't think I was alive for that, right? I don't think you went. I think you were a baby. Okay. But do you remember when we went and saw... The Supersonics in Seattle.
1: That I that I vaguely remember.
0: Because um, Reed didn't go. Reed talk about
1: g- going to two like of not for people who didn't go to a lot of base basketball games. We went to two uh, teams <laughs> that are now defunct. Right. Um, and I mean, those had a big impact. Like just off of going to those couple of games, like we kind of we rooted for the Supersonics. I'd say that was my second team until the pist until they were eliminated, and also until the the rise of the like 04 Pistons, right. who I loved. Um, we named our cat after. Who we, our cat? Rasheed Wallace. Um, Sheed. Um, shout out to Sheed. Um, yep. Enjoy your retirement, Sheed. Um, but uh, like I remember you coming back and like I distinctly remember you just like you having a Miles Swift like uh. Figurine that we, uh, I got
0: from like a department store. Right yeah. for for
1: no good reason. Not even being a big basketball fan, having a stromile Swift figurine of like he was like the best player on the shitty Grizzlies at the time. No, yeah, um, him and Mike Bibby. The, yeah.
0: the stromile Swift one though is he's a he's a Spurs. He's a, it's a the figurine he is, is a Spurs. But he was. he, but he, he was all he had. Right. He had, gone he had on, been on the Grizzlies. Yeah, he got right. on to be on the Grizzlies. Right. Uh, you know, way past his prime. And I remember we had like uh, maybe a free giveaway or maybe. Our dad got for me is like a small, like the size of like a a, a peach or like a, okay. a, a grape, like a an like apple. a ball, a ball. That was had the Vancouver Grizzlies is like for purple sure. and green. No, I remember it. Now. Yeah, you remember yep, that? Yeah, yep. is fully around our house. It's crazy the around the around distinct
1: around. memories of like Tactile the art when you and I shared a room when Reed was a baby. Uh-huh. The uh, the like that bureau um, where we kept all our clothes. Like on top of that was just like a layout of of bobbleheads and figurines. Yeah. Um, and like those players, you know, Desmond Mason supersonics is like now in my classroom because I stole it from mm-hmm. home last time I was there. Is like somehow has an importance to me, even though I don't know anything about his career except that he was in a dunk contest with Jason Richardson and was an average player. But Desmond Mason is like a guy to me.
0: Remember the random catcher figurine? Right. Who was? I I have no idea. Some catcher for the Orioles. Yeah. Kennedy something. I remember
1: remember the the figurine. I don't remember who it was. Yeah. But anyway, so I wanted to ask you a couple of questions. Um, The first one being, like, what is a memory that really sticks out to you? An early memory, not necessarily your earliest, but your earliest like really distinct like important memory of of not.
0: Watching, we'll get to watching, but of playing sports. Of playing sports. Yeah. Well, in a weird way, most of my memories of playing sports are actually remembering you and Reed playing sports. Like, being older than you guys. Really? So not you, your
1: days at Rotary? You don't
0: have any big experience back in Little League? I mean, I was terrible. Uh, you were not
1: terrible. You were the one of the better players on a really bad team.
0: Right. Well, that's you were not like, saying something. But you
1: were like, you know, you were... I, I mean, I was... When you were on Rotary, okay. like your last year there, but I rem- as I remember it, you were like one of the two best players on what was a pretty fucking terrible team, where right. oftentimes I, as a seven or eight year old, showing up just to watch because I loved baseball and was with dad, would be asked to
0: play because outfield, nine because, people didn't show up. Right, because eight people... Few- <laughs> so my two distinct memories are, once when I was like 11, uh-huh. I think I was 11, because the first time... I First or second time I ever pitched. And, you and
1: you threw kind of hard, you know. Well, well yeah,
0: right. You know, so for I threw through a little bit harder than everyone yeah. else, or as hard as like the harder Except throwers. Except Christian Connors. Except so Christian Connors, who you know. We'll for, get to him. Yeah, that, that's a whole other <laughs> thing. He, you know, um, but I struck out ten people in a game, like which was is nothing. But I remember feeling such a sense of accomplishment. There's
1: 18 outs in the league game. Ten people, some.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which I had ten ten strikeouts and I got taken out. Yeah, so I didn't even have the full number out But I remember yeah. was like my first time pitching I was just like wow like major league pitchers don't get ten strikeouts yeah. in a game little did I know like you know like they uh, You know most outs in the little league is an uncompetitive little league league are are strikeouts. strikeouts Yeah, yeah. but uh, I felt really good about myself about that. I was like, wow, <laughs> like that's you know both my hands and strikeouts yeah. I vividly remember that another memory. I had was Judd Hoffman who is means something to most I have people. a Jud
1: Hoffman memory too. I'm about to share. That's I got crazy. two Judd Hoffman memories.
0: <laughs> the one I think that you, the one that I think you're about to share, is um, you. One of those times that eight people showed up, yeah. And Judd Hoffman hit a ball. He was 12. And I think were, I was
1: seven at the time. I think I was seven. not even eight.
0: Right, because was like May. Right? Yeah. Right. So right. So the ball was hit like to deep left field. Uh, you know, relatively, took one like, or one or two steps back. Yeah, and. Like, like, Sandlot style. Like, hand like, up, you know, eyes closed. Like, I don't know how much you weighed back in, like, 45 pounds. And, like, the ball came down, you caught it, and, like, you like you caught the ball in the air. And it was, yeah. like, a, kind of, like, a miracle because, like, right. very rarely does anyone catch a fly ball in much the Much
1: less the seven-year-old who got asked to come in. <laughs>
0: that, like, yeah, plays in the league below this yeah, league yeah. most of the time. The
1: league where, like, occasionally they let kids throw, but usually it's the dads throwing. Soft toss. Soft tossing the ball into the kids. Right, yeah. Um, that was, I would say, my first... Non-wiffle ball, which I want to bring up, um, non-wiffle ball baseball memory, um, was that um, I've got two others, um, and I'm going to shout out, so Judd Hoffman got a shout out on our podcast, who knew? Um, I got two other people that you'll be excited for a shout out. Um, One of my first memories around that same time when I would always come to the ballpark with dad and I was not old enough to play Little League yet, but dad was the coach Mm -hmm. um, and eventually the president of the league. He was an assistant coach at that time, actually. But became, was then like the coach for like a billion years and the president of the league for way too long.
0: Right, yeah.
1: (laughs) Those years when he wasn't really uh, like doing his job that he got paid for very much and was kind of just... Full-time. Full-time Little League president, unpaid.
0: Passionate passionate lawyer on the side. Yeah,
1: yeah. (laughs) So... uh, I remember standing outside of the of the dugout, and Christian Connors, who a man who I could not tell you what he looks like looked like it. I couldn't tell you what he looked like at twelve, much less what he's doing or looked like today. Wait. Which means
0: um, he's probably thirty two. Right, he's a little like two, older than you. Two years older than me. Um,
1: but I remember him warming up and a catcher missing, as always at the, at the new field, the, the catcher the would be, am I in the frame? Yeah, the catcher would be up against the, uh, wooden, dug, the wooden dugout, fielding the approximately 60 feet away throws, and he missed one and it went through the dugout, made a hole in it. Right. Mind you, in retrospect, we now know those, you know. It was probably shoddy incredibly shoddy and, like, very rotten wood that you could have broken through with probably a pushier finger. But at the time, I really remember thinking to this day, like, I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to throw hard enough that I can put a, th- a hole in the dugout. Right. I remember um, it being,
0: like, a clean, pretty much clean hole, though. Like, so, so, Right. It was, yeah. it was pretty impressive. And,
1: and so I remember him doing that and, and at the time as, like, a seven-year-old being like, I want to do that. Yeah. And, like, falling in love with the idea of pitching and being able to do that. So, Christian Connors, I'm sure you're watching. Uh, oh, shout out shout out there. Big man. Shout shout wherever Christian yeah. Connors is at. Um, my second one is I remember also one of those games. I, I feel like I was eight around then, but still not legally allowed to be in the league quite. Right. But uh, one of those many days where eight people showed up for the Rotary game and I got put in. And I remember Anthony Boucher. Mm-hmm. Shout um, out Anthony Boucher. Shout out someone we actually do know who he is, um, and,
0: and someone who might actually, it. who on snow. who actually, if, if
1: you're he's watching, on, he's on Facebook. He, who knows if he could, he could watch this. Tag him. We'll tag him. Yeah, Anthony, yeah,
0: um, we're coming for you.
1: Anthony Boucher hit me in the center of the chest with a pitch that was probably cut, whipping in at about sixty-two, but felt like ninety-eight. Right. And I remember hitting the deck. Feeling like I lost my like the n- wind got knocked out of me on the dirt and getting up and, and heading over to first eventually, and being like, damn, I got like that was like the scariest early moment of like boom, right. got hit with a pitch in the chest by ninety eight mile an hour fastball. Um,
0: yeah, I think it's another thing like <clears throat> to talk about with wall. We should wrap it up on with wall. Yeah. I think um, that like playing sports outside is just you know, with friends or with Uh-oh. your siblings, I think that's like an essential part of our childhood, you know, was like playing wiffle ball in the backyard, you know, playing, you know, not from when the sun came until the sun went down, but we'd play a shit ton of wiffle ball outside, mm-hmm. um, with Reed and, you know, as I always said, and this is the only way to go out on this topic is, uh, we'd always end the game no matter who was playing with fuck you, Evan, I'm going inside. Yep. Um, well, I want to I want to add. Um,
1: I know you want to push us on this topic. I just want to add briefly, like on the basketball end as well. Um, we did play a lot of. Basketball. We played a lot of basketball in that in that driveway in that driveway that we always dreamed would get paved, but like never did. Never did get paved to this day. Still not paved. And the reason that matters didn't matter to anyone but us playing basketball, which is why it's still not paved because we're not there playing basketball anymore. In fact, our childhood hoop. Finally, fell over one. It rusted and out. Rusted out and collapsed, and was then taken to the dump eventually, <laughs> um, which was covered in all of the uh, the stickers on the hats right, that the I bought sti- over the year. Every right, time the, I got the ones a hat, that would, like come like either right, up here. Every or... time I got a hat, I would put the this, the uh, what's the like the new the, era the new era sticker along the basketball hoops. So there's like 40 stickers along it. Finally, collapsed the backboard that you could throw the ball Nolan Ryan style at the back of the backboard and, like, like literally and the, drop straight down <laughs> into the hoop. Right. So, like, if you really wanted to be good, like, and wanted to win a game, you just had to fucking close your eyes and throw it as hard as you could at the backboard. You literally could. It, yeah. it,
0: it, you would have to be throwing it like you were throwing a baseball, yeah. as hard as you can, to get to hit off the backboard and then just barely roll off the front of the rim. Like.
1: And that would eventually, even that, I don't think, would have happened. Later, it, was so decided, it was so loose. It was So loose. Um, but day after day of hooping there, I think that's like what carried, I imagine you to continue to love sports and carried me into like my love of playing sports. At the end of the day, like even like I did, neither of us played in college. I played club baseball in college, which was the time of my life, mm-hmm. um, but playing sports in high school, like at the end of the day, it came back to like what was started with The sun is way down. I'm using our automatic porch basketball, using the automatic porch light that goes off and you have to run over and wave it to get it on. Um, Playing into the dead of night. And when I was super younger and no one else wanted to play with me sometimes or people weren't home or whatever it may be, up all night, staying up way past when you can barely see the hoop. And I had, because I had an addiction to sports cards, I had my baseball cards and basketball cards I had my, I would, you know, toss the ball three feet ahead of me and narrate myself of pass to so-and-so, pass to so-and-so. And And I always remember, for some reason, having no clue who these guys were. Larry Nance, who played in, like, the 80s. His son now is on the Lakers. Mm -hmm. Or, no, he's not on the Lakers anymore. Whatever, he's on, he got traded, he's an NBA player. And Terry Porter, um, Mm -hmm. two very obscure-ish basketball players whose cards I had you could catch me, 8 years old, tossing the ball outside at 8, eight at eight p.m., sun going down, and a pass to Larry Dance and Larry Dance pump feet, pass over to Terry Porter Jr., and he shoots it, winner! Right. Blah, 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 like night after night after night. The same thing with the both of us outside with Dad on the side strip next to the house, the little strip, getting him to throw us like divers, you remember right, that? that? little bloopers like, away from we, us. Like, we would have him just toss ones that were just good enough for us to dive into the ground and try to catch one after another and would even do simulated games of like, if we didn't catch it, that's a single, that's a guy on first and then right. that, like for hours until he would eventually beg his and, way out.
0: And actually, that was like for me, the two times that you and I, because you and I often, because we were closer in age, would be yeah. against each other, you know, in, in the, especially right. in wiffle ball. But in basketball, it would be you and me versus like basically dad and then dad and
1: reed because he was the little one and we were the two middle and so reed was too little to be playing against us but dad theoretically could kind of like compensate for that right i mean those two on two games i really think like in a nostalgic way like those that nostalgia like pushed is going to push our love for sports like lifelong so right. when people are, you know people who don't watch sports I think don't understand the impact that like your childhood can have on a lifelong love for it. Because I think if you didn't grow up having those memories with your parents and with your siblings and like, like you, it's hard to understand why sports would seem bigger than a game, mm-hmm. like something that really matters to you. And I think uh, when you have those memories, there's like something unarticulable about like how sports just matters to you.
0: And I think, like, I remember asking Dad one time when I was, like, really little, really, really young, if all sports writers had played. Mm-hmm. And and I remember Dad being like, yeah, like, every sports writer played at some level, even if they stopped at Little League. Yeah. I remember thinking, like, oh, like, okay, like, they all just love it so much. Yeah. And, like, that's basically, for me, it's like a generational thing. And that's why, like, Field of Dreams, one of the best movies about baseball I've ever made, is not actually about baseball. It's about a guy playing catch with his, an adult man, right. which gives me chills right. to think about now. Uh, but we should move on to our tool belt.
1: Yeah, um, cool. Uh, I don't remember what our tool belt is. But you want to you want to close the okay. curtain on this?
0: Would you please, for the love of God, and your own body, hold the hammering? Uh, uh, uh,
1: we're, uh, we're going yeah, into tool belt. We're going into okay because I wasn't ready for it, but okay. you got okay. something planned.
0: Yeah, yep. Okay. Yep. okay. <laughs> um, I'm going to list for you artists. Okay. Like visual artists artists of some sort oh no and okay. you have to guess what kind of art they made gotcha. okay it's a little flip so while you you want to explain to the camera your game your version of this game that okay is, is like kind of a preview of what this is yeah going to
1: so next episode we're most definitely going to bring on um in some lost tapes that were never released we did this with my friend david about baseball but we're going to bring on they will who, someday will be released and it, it's a lost tape so it will be found and it will be released Um, shout out to my man, David. He's probably not watching. Um, we, uh, so we like to do this game where we bring on someone who knows either nothing about sports or nothing about a particular sport and ask them questions like, Hey, what is a, what is a force out? And have them with no knowledge, try to guess. Because at the end of the day, sports is kind of like its own language. And you don't realize that when you grow up with it and those things just seem like second nature. Um, that like it is, it's this own private language of sports, of each individual sport. Um, so you know way more about many forms of art than I do, so go ahead and hit me with uh, with your stuff.
0: All right. So this game, the way this game is going to work, and it'll be very brief, is I'm going to name Evan an artist.
1: And I'll tell you their, their... And
0: then you're going to tell me what what they they did did in like, kind of like their mission statement. based 100% on their name. Yeah. And the idea. Oh, I got you. Okay, no okay. explanation needed. Okay, the first artist is, and if you know the answer, you should say what you think they did. Okay. okay. Andy Warhol.
1: Andy Warhol painted uh, soup cans and other food objects in a remarkably simple fashion. Um, his mission statement was uh, I can make a lot of money by doing nothing that takes skill.
0: Okay, okay, that's, that is correct. Um, Pina Bausch.
1: Pina Bausch. Um, Pina Bausch was a modern dance uh, professional. Um, mm-hmm. She founded the, uh, the abstract dance performance not founded but like really made famous, the abstract per- performance dance piece um, involving like the one where like people are like falling on the ground and rolling with no music kind of like or um, she, that was her.
0: That is correct. She's Swedish. That's actually I don't know that that's fine that's not correct. But she—that is correct—that she did do. She was an artist, a dancer, and she did do lots of falling over art, particularly in in the piece *Cafe Mueller*. Yeah. Okay. Terrence Nance.
1: Terrence Nance, uh, Larry Nance's father. um, He was the first to actually make uh, basketball performance art. So um, it involved some still photography. Um, There was also like a a sexual component to it, Mm -hmm. where people would like. Have sex on top of inanimate basketball-related objects, Um, and because of that, and like kind of the way that that was not popular and was able to penetrate into popular culture, he was um, kind of never really made it on the big scene. Mm -hmm. Mm.
0: That's 100% incorrect. Terrence Nance is is a filmmaker who I've shown you his work. He is a uh, teaches at the Vermont College of Fine Arts. He also made the uh, HBO show, um, Random Acts of Flyness.
1: I must have confused him with someone else. Yeah. Uh,
0: Salvador Dali.
1: Salvador Dali, I actually really enjoy his work. Um, I'm not good, I never took like an art history class, so I'm not good with the names of art, but he's the one with like the bended clocks and the shit that looks like it got cooked under the sun too long and got burnt, but Chilean artist, right, Um, Uh, or is Spanish?
0: Spanish, yeah. It's Spanish?
1: Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, a Spanish artist. Um, I really like his, his stuff. It's like this, like... like disbelief of, like, reality and, like, bending shapes and stuff. is cool.
0: And because I have to work this into every episode of season two, he has a great uh, museum in St. Pete's, uh, Tampa, which you've never been to, but I have. Violence and sports. Uh, so, violence and sports. Uh, do you want to intro this? Yeah.
1: So, yesterday... Um, to David date this Long podcast, podcast. Well, yeah. hopefully it comes Jesus. out soon, shit. <laughs> in seven days, um, there will be a fight that we, I already know the outcome of. No. Wow, yeah, uh, get your bets <laughs> in now. Yesterday, uh, there was a heavyweight boxing fight uh, between Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. I, myself, his name is Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury, I, I assume it's his given name, I don't know. Um, is this the
0: guy that came out in, like a, in, like a, in a crowd, like a king's?
1: He yes he did um, so it, Tyson Fury won which for those in the boxing world was it was a big deal the the bronze the bronze bomber bron- Bronx bomb the bronze bomber um, Deontay Wilder is like has a big following himself and got beat by this guy Tyson Fury um, and I think from the stuff I've seen again I don't follow boxing it was like a big kind of the biggest heavyweight boxing fight that's gotten the most attention in like a long time taking it back to like the days of mike tyson when he was a huge deal mm-hmm. um because boxing has in some ways kind of been superseded by mma um and and did more people uh, watch
0: this fight last night or in seven days than the conor mcgregor smashed his leg i don't know the guy
1: um conor or, oh, I don't know, um, but the Conor McGregor and Floyd fight, <laughs> Floyd Mayweather fight, of course being huge, I assume that got more uh, watches. No, but, but like,
0: the MMA fight, that was like a couple weeks ago, where like, it lasted like six seconds. So.
1: Oh, yeah, Oh, I don't know. Um, so again, I don't. we don't know shit about this, so our purpose here is not to discuss... Because we're uh, experts. ...is not to pretend to know shit about... If we wanted to pretend to know shit about uh, fighting sports, um, we would have done research to be able to pretend better. Um, we we did
0: research.
1: Not really. Yeah. We did like five minutes of research before the episode started. Five
0: more minutes, than uh-huh. we did on this subject.
1: <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So we just figured we'd talk a little bit about like uh, how we feel about um, what is the name for the? I keep saying fighting sports. It's not the name. Um, um, Mixed martial arts. What? Sure. Whatever. Uh, fighting sports. We'll stick with that. Like what what we see as the place of fighting sports in society, like. Boxing in the days of, of Muhammad Ali and others was once like a big fucking deal in the country and now is less so and even MMA with like the brutal violence of it, I think is kind of on the fringes of sports when you compare it to mainstream sports. Whereas um,
0: whereas boxing used to be like the biggest. Boxing advantage. was like and, uh, you
1: know, Muhammad Ali was as big a star as, as anyone else in sports when he was. Like who he was, R&R, you know, yeah. 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 Um, and I think that's that's less true. It's kind of been pushed to the side. Um what are your thoughts on like on on these sports which we have said we don't really follow? But yep. um these like heavy contact, brutal
0: I sports. Think, I think that in a weird way it moved, it had it was tied to like nationalistic pride, right? So like, okay. you know, if you were Italian American and you were and you were living here and your dude was um Jake LaMotta, you know, in the forties, like the the guy who Nice. went on to be raging ball um, nice. or Joe Lewis, you know, like for African Americans, uh, you know, you would be invested as a representation of your people, trying to overcome another group of people yeah. in like kind of the early days of like modern America, right? That was, yeah. and that was the reason why people got so invested into these these things. Um, I think that it was a breaking of spirit and nationalistic pride that was the downfall. Of violent sports, box. Let's, I mean, we're talking about boxing yeah. uh, as a mainstream thing because all of a sudden, along comes Vietnam, a war that there's no clear, no real clear enemy, and that was in the '60s and like no clear enemy, not really real reason, no rising stars in boxing. The weird thing and funny thing to me is that boxing is still so beloved, like for movies. Like you know, there's always yeah. a boxing movie every Stephanie couple of years.
1: Definitely romanticized. Uh,
0: yeah. Even more so than than, than baseball in movies.
1: Yeah. No, that's interesting that you say that because it really isn't like that big in 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 like people watching the boxing events, but it's certainly romanticized combat sports. Thank you from our from our producer. The word we were looking for was combat sports. Um, so. Go, let's go back and if you could just self-edit in the word combat sports. I'm Every time that. I said fighting sports, like I was a third grader trying to describe something rather than giving it its proper title. Um, but anyway, um, I mean, we have both like very clearly, not necessarily for the violence. You're sitting too close to me. It's my natural <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, inclination. Should I touch your
0: knee instead? Um, no, please don't do that. Um,
1: so uh, we have both very clearly made our stance known about uh, not being... At least NFL fans, and not necessarily for the violence, but like the 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 fact of not the sport not taking in our views the necessary steps around CTE and the obvious evidence around concussions with kids in the sport is an aspect of why we kind of disavow the NFL. Um, Obviously, in boxing, you're you're fucking yourself up. Like these people are not going to live a long life. uh, Most of these boxers. Um, not at least not a long healthy life when you're like doing I mean, this damage Mah- to your brain Mah- time Mah- after time. Muhammad is a perfect example. Muhammad did yeah. live
0: a long life, but,
1: but it was it was a not Parkinson's a fun ridden, one towards the end. Yeah, Parkinson's um, riddled life. And so, I I wonder what like what your kind of stances on just combat sports in like and their existence in general, um, and like how you feel about. Just the fact that we, we sit like like Romans in a gladiator arena and watch people beat the fuck out of each other until one of them's unconscious.
0: Well, I think that's a really good example. Is that the 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 legacy of the legacy of of sports? Right? Is tethered to this idea of. Um,
1: You're gonna give me yours. Just A little bit. Could you just bring the bourbon?
0: This is really important. This is like, if anyone knows, I mean, so if you're watching the podcast, you understand what just went down. But if you're not, you should definitely give us a like and a follow on uh, iTunes. These episodes are going to be on iTunes, and, and that really helps us out to to, to getting more subscribers. Um, asking you shall receive. Um,
1: we all we always have a sponsor, um, and, and we they're down. generally the reverse sponsorships kind of because it's more like. Hey, Bullet, please sponsor
0: us. Could we have money? We'll, have, we'll drink you again next episode. Right, I mean, we'll drink you with or without, but you must have the money. Um, the thing that I think comes back to it is, too, with uh, combat sports is... Um, Keep going. ...that sports in general... Boxing was always kind of connected to a, a underworld type of atmosphere. like
1: Fight club stuff?
0: Well, it was, it was, and it's tethered, been tethered to a scene as something that the unintelligent do or something that the, huh. you know, that it's been riddled with crime, families connected to it. I mean, how many of these movies, is there not like the mafia, at least on the fringes of these okay. things? Or, and how many of them actually were connected to some sort of like crime? And I do think like, you have this idea that, that it, retrospective in history, mafia—I mean, not mafia—boxing is connected to like this, like <laughs> seediness, this underbelly of culture. Okay, um, and maybe, and then that the greatest boxer of all time is black, and there's not even a white guy in sight that like even challenges Muhammad Ali, who basically reinvented the sport. Uh, that the combination of those two things—that in our paradigm, any sort of martial arts sports. Is seen as either like laughably goofy, you know, like think of how kung fu is often portrayed in like media, like sure. people go, Wah! you know, what I mean, like you know, like that's just how it's tell like, me that again, Wah! Okay. you know, like you know, like that shit, like, and I think that you know, we moved that art form, violence as an art form or violence as like a consumer thing, is a bedrock of like the Marvel movies, hmm. that the choir Choreography behind fighting has now gone into like movies and other productions, uh, movies yeah. and television, and that that's where those same huh. people that they like, were consuming that, that hundred years stuff. ago would would have been boxers.
1: But yeah, like I think it's the it's human nature to want to gather around the gladiator and watch people beat the shit out of each other. Like the 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 like people tend to love that shit. I personally don't love it. Like I I don't watch. Boxing, I don't really necessarily feel a need to. Even if it wasn't $97 on pay-per-view, I probably wouldn't necessarily tune in. Because, um, which goes back to our first topic, and maybe because I wasn't raised on it. Like people right. who are raised on even WWE, like the fake wrestling stuff, that's like a simulation of violence, right? Those people love it and will like stand for for whatever their WWE fighter and move is, even though they know on some level, on all levels, that it's fake. Once they're an adult, um, and, and I th- I think there's a there's like a, a child like a, a nostalgia to it, um, but also I think there is the aspect of like it is generally human nature to want some medium to watch other people beat each other up, um, and I don't know that I fully feel that there's a problem with that. Um, I I just hope that I think that. I look, You know, you look at youth in the, in the sport, right. um, That I just like we do with football, that as long as youth are being really informed like about the risks, uh, Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury beating the shit out of each other and possibly taking years off their life in the process in order to win millions of dollars is a risk that if they want to take it for the entertainment of the masses, by all means, brother, go ahead. Yeah. Um, but the 12-year-old kid who's not making any money for the fight and is getting some concussions fighting, um, you just hope that at least like there's um, information, the proper information given to them and their parents about like the risks happening. Because at the end of the day, the Deontay Wilders and Tyson Furies are one in a million of the people participating,
0: right? right. Um, and like uh, to quote the, the great film uh, Pulp Fiction, to wrap us up, to take us out of here... Mm-hmm. Boxes don't have an old time's All, All right, right, so here we go. Thank you so much for watching. My name is Andrew. This has been Small Brains Big Picks. It's been a good time. If you like us, please like and subscribe. If you want to follow us on Instagram, we're Obscure Broadcasting Co. Thank you so much. We're going to be in here. We're going to be playing some. It's, Stratomatic, man. Um, it's been fun. And Cheers. Been fun. Uh, nos vemos. Adios.